This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. So, as always, a very, very warm welcome to the Kerry Dixon Show, and I'm very, very proud to announce that uh, it is now in association with ChelseaFan12.com, who are a lovely bunch of people who specialise in uh, lots and lots of memorabilia from uh, from well past and current uh, Chelsea football players, as well as doing all sorts of things like uh, they've got a great website with all sorts of Chelsea-related news on their fan zone. And they also uh, do videos as well, because I think if, if you've wandered into the butcher's hook uh, after a match on a Saturday or a Sunday, you will find none other than uh, Chivers and Chopper, Ron Harris and Gary Chivers, uh, talking all about the game that uh, that's just happened. And uh, a lot of fun it is too. So I encourage you to get down to the butcher's hook after the game, and then you can meet up with those guys and see what they have to say. And of course, Kerry, you've got a long association with Chelsea Fan 12, haven't you? Yes, I mean, uh, Paul, the fellow that um, started it, who uh, is an absolute dream of a fella. He's uh, he, he sponsored me on loads of uh, um, events as such that have happened more recently. And, uh, yeah, and he's decided to sponsor the show. Um, a, a wonderful fella and, you know, got lots of time for him and uh, wishing him all the best in uh, the Fan 12 venture. Absolutely, and hopefully going forward. I mean, one of the one of the other things about the involvement uh, with ChelseaFan12 dot com is that we will be hopefully helping them to promote the Chopper and Chivs show, as I said, but also running some competitions so that you lot can win some memorabilia. So it should be a lot of fun and uh, massive thanks to them. You'll also see them on the back of the CFC UK fanzine, by the way, because I know that they're uh, involved with those guys too. If you want to go and check them out, it's ChelseaFan12.com on the web, or you can follow them on Twitter, which is at Fan12Chelsea. So there we go. Right, on with the show. And first, of course, uh, how are you, Kerry? I'm fine, thanks, Dave. But I've got to be honest. I'm I'm, I'm glad to be back. Looking forward to a, a Premier League weekend, or you know, as much as I love seeing the England team in in the, in the major tournaments, I have to say that international breaks are, have become for me a little bit boring. Um, I, I mean, I kick myself for saying it. And I, I, 
I'm going to hate myself for even thinking that I've said it, but you know, I look at some of the games, and it's a bit humdrum, a bit mundane. And you look around the world at some of the the games that it throws up, and you know, you can't believe that the amount of countries that are now competing at the top level. And well, it is what it is, and you can only beat what's in front of you, as they say. And uh, I, for one, am glad to have the Premier League back. Well, I echo that, and I, I've got to say, mate, you know, you what you said echoes what. So many, uh, I mean, particularly in my generation, oddly, who, who you would have thought were the last people to, you know, really get very disinterested with the international game, in England in particular. And and when you hear you say that, it kind of really rams home the state, sorry state of affairs in many, many respects that it's become. So it's a great shame in many respects. But hey, enough of that. We've got Chelsea to talk about, which of course is far more fun. Um, I think it would be a bit remiss of us if we didn't actually look back uh, at the Everton game. I mean, I know we didn't do a show last week because of the international break. Um, but, uh, you know, we all, I remember I was a bit nervous about that one. And, and yet, you know, it was a really easy, comfortable 2-0 win, wasn't it? should have been more, in fact. Yes, it was. Um, you just wonder how how much uh, the European trip had taken out of Everton. I'm looking for a bit of a, yeah. an excuse because they were really poor. They didn't turn up and it's not the Everton that I expected under Koeman. No. We, we give them a bit of a G up before and, you know, you think... You know, they're going to be hard, defensive, just tough to break down, and they're going to offer a threat. Well, neither. Uh, nothing at all. Um, and, you know, they're going to have to improve if they're looking for a top-six finish. I know they've uh, made Europe um, this year, and uh, they've had to start early and all the rest of it. But the performance against Chelsea, would, they won't be staying too long in Europe, that's for sure. Um, on that on that type of performance, but uh, they've got to be better than that. Nevertheless, uh, Chelsea, yeah, spoke to a comfortable win, and uh, you know, three points. Everton, tough game. Um, you take what you take what's there, and uh, as I said earlier, you, you beat what's in front of you. And it wasn't a good Everton performance. It's not to say it's not a good Everton side, and they're going to improve. It's going to be uh, a different game, perhaps, when we go where we go to Goodison later on. But um, yeah, Chelsea did what I expected them to do, but. They did it a shade more comfortably than perhaps what I expected them to do. Yeah, I, I think that hits the nail squarely on the head, actually, mate. I think the, the other thing that uh, might be worth just picking up on from that game uh, was uh, Morata scored another goal. That means he's got two goals and two assists in three games. Um, I mean, it's you know, to be fair, it's probably too early to make a judgment on him. Uh, and we know that he's he struggled a little bit with the, the lone striker role and the physicality of the game. But I've got to say, it looks encouraging, doesn't it? Well, look, the first sign of him was uh, encouraging. The second sign against Tottenham was not so good. Um, yes, he's back on track again. I mean, all he can do is score goals. And um, it is too early. Um, you know, he'll be judged probably, I don't know, a couple of months as we played some certain teams and I mean the next month we've got some some of the big guns uh, going to be in front of us and you know he's going to stand up and be counted we've had Spurs um, you know didn't necessarily shine in that game but he's got the goals as you say he's got assists as well um, I see in certain quarters he's been put up as one of our players of the month but you know um, well you've got to pick someone I suppose it probably wouldn't <laughs> be in mind but uh, but nevertheless he um, started off okay you know, can't knock it a couple of goals. Um, long may it continue. If it gets any better, I'll be, I wouldn't necessarily be the first to jump on the bandwagon and say I told you so because uh, I'm one of these at the moment with uh, let's wait and see with these uh, foreign players and certainly strikers coming into the Premier League. Um, 
it takes a while to settle in. Some hit the ground running, some don't. But uh, I'm still on the fence at the moment on that one, I'm afraid. And, uh, you have to keep this shit to the show to see how it pans out. No, I think to be really honest, mate, I think that I think that's very reasonable of you. You know, I think that the trouble with life and, and football in particular these days are these snap judgments and everything's very black and white. And I, and I think that's quite shrewd to say, well, let's wait and see how he does over over a longer period of time. But having said that, you know, you of all people, as a number nine, will know that you're judged by sticking the ball in the onion bag. And he's done that twice yep. in, you know, two out of three games. And that's not, if you know, if he carries on that, he's going to get well over 20 goals. And I think we'll all be, we'll be very happy to see that. Um, anyway, uh, enough of the Everton game. Uh, we've got plenty to talk about today. The next thing on the on the list, of course, is uh, the transfer w- uh, transfer window, uh, which is now firmly shut. Uh, I think first question for you, really, Kerry, are you, are you happy with the signings we made? <sighs> Again, um, it's a little bit early to judge, you know. Yeah. The ones we have made um, haven't really seen enough. Bakayako really good, looks okay. I said before they all look like for like. You know whether Morata turns out to be a Costa, um, we'll wait and see again. Um, if Chelsea are in contention where they should be, then you know not not at the end of the season. Listen, I'm talking by November. We don't want to be slipping into mid table, um, or, or we will be looking at the summer signings and some of the activity that has or hasn't gone on. Um, but no, if it, as I expect, Chelsea are challenging. Then the signings would have settled down. They would have fitted it okay. Um, like I've said, Bakayoko, Matic, not a lot in that. And what I've seen so far, perhaps a little bit more mobile. But Matic has made quite an impact so far. What I've seen at Manchester United, um, really good coming in. Arguably, John Terry. I mean, John's a legend. Hard act to try and replace, but age waits for no man. Um, but really good stepping into the boots of a legend. We will give him time. Um, but it's, again, if a striker's judged on goals, a defender's judged on goals, conceded. And he's going to be part of a, a, a three-man unit that's been effective over the last, um, well, last year for sure. Um, and he, he's going to have to make sure that, that unit um, continues to run it as it has been. And that's how you know he'll be judged. And finally, Morata, you know, goals, as we've already said. And of course, the team performance and his, his own personal contribution. So, again... Uh, it's finished, it's done. Let's just wait and see. It's too early for me to be judging and making statements where I'm going to have egg on my face in two months' time and everyone I ever see going, oh, you said this, you said that. But at the moment, um, we're okay. Yeah, I mean, that's fair enough. Again, I think that's quite a reasonable thing to say. I mean, I think the other thing is, of course, we also got drink water from Leicester and we got Zappacosta. Uh, I, I think very much, and Caballero, of course, very early on, and they're, they're very much seen as backup players. And I think one of the uh, the issues that's been doing the rounds this week was, well, you know, have we have we strengthened the squad enough? Is, is the is the squad depth enough? Because we've got a lot more competitions this year. So, I mean, it's a good question. You know, do you, do you think we have strengthened enough? Um, I mean, you know, we missed out on Lorente, and I think we we both talked for quite a while about do we have enough? Uh, you know, do we have enough strikers at the club? To be honest. Do we? Um, as it's been strengthened again, let's wait and see how people fit in. If indeed they fit in, and, all right, if he beats up his squad enough um, to get players to play by signing the lads he signed them and he's happy with them, then so be it. Um, only time will tell on that one. I have to say, they're not, for me, standout um, signings. They're not um, a Lukaku, someone who, you know, someone or, you know, someone or someone who's going to make you. 
just to get down to Stamford Bridge to see how they are doing and whether they're playing or are they any good or so on. It's, it's just, I don't know. It's just at the moment, it's, uh, we've done a few like for likes. The squad's been boosted, it's been additions. Um, it might it might be a case of the, the same players pretty much last season when Hazard gets back uh, will be the same team again that will mount our major challenge. Mm. I think that's a good point, mate. And I think really... You know, when you look at the the whole transfer window in the round, particularly with a lot of the, you know, the gossip in in the press about you know whether Conte's happy or not. I mean, do you think he should be happy, and do you think we will be able to compete on all four fronts with that squad? Well, you know, that, that's the idea of having the squad. That's the idea of working together. The manager, I assume, works with uh, the people who sign the players, the people who make the money available, the technical director, and you know, the scouting system. I, I mean, they all know together between them. Who they, who they identified, who they looking to get, who they didn't get, who they want, what areas they need to strengthen. And, you know, OK, the manager's the one that will obviously foot the blame ultimately. But uh, it, the club is in this as a club. And, um, you know, everyone within the structure will know, um, what, you know, what players have been signed. And if they feel that this is the squad that's been identified and this is a squad that's required to make that assault on four fronts, then... Uh, if they don't do it, then there's going to be questions to be asked, answered, um, and quite rightly so. If that's not the case, and you know we, we hear rumours of managers not happy or whatever, or there's other other sort of issues going on, well, that's to be discussed um, at all sorts of levels, and whether it should happen and shouldn't, and so on. I'm sure that will come out somewhere along the line. But as it is, we go at least until January with what we've got. I think it's uh, relatively strong enough, providing the players that have come in. Can do at least what is uh, what they've been brought into, um, as as well as their replacements did. Yeah, I, I, to be honest, I got to agree with that. I think I think that it's been okay. I think there's a be, there's been a lot of rubbish written. Uh, you know, very kind of very simplistic and lazy narrative. Oh, you know, we haven't signed anybody. Oh, we've had a terrible transfer window. I'm, I'm not buying that at all. I mean, the other interesting thing is when you talk about the supposed conflict between the board and Conte. Um, look at the Zappacosta signing. You know, that was clearly a player that Conte knew, and the minute that we couldn't get the, perhaps what might have been his preferred choice, they were really quick to go and get Zappacosta, who is a guy that clearly Conte has faith in and trusts. So. I think that that, in in a, in a sense, debunks any kind of rumours about, oh, you know, he's really unhappy with everything. I, I'm not buying that. But, like you said, Kerry, you know, only time will tell. You know, obviously results dictate everything else. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Cheech. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Cheech, I'd be bereft. Inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> It's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, 
and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow. Great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK. And best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. (laughs) Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Uh, And talking of uh, competing on all four fronts, uh, we had the Champions League draw last week, which I know uh, from first-hand most Chelsea supporters are... You know, incredibly excited to be back in uh, Europe's premier competition. Um, my my initial thoughts, to be honest, mate, is that it's quite a tough draw. We've got the the unknown quantity in the Azerbaijan team, Karabeg. Uh, we've got Atletico Madrid, who who I think are a very very good team and and have been one of the best teams in Europe over the last five seasons or so. And we've got Roma. I mean, I don't know too much about the Roma side at the moment. A lot, a lot of my mates who follow this stuff say that they're not quite the team that they were. But, you know, a- any Italian team is, is is going to be quite a tough proposition, isn't it? It certainly is. Um, they've been pretty much dominated by the Francesco Totti situation over the last perhaps 20 years, 15, 20 years. And they've uh, been their main man as such. But nevertheless, uh, um, they're not quite what they are. Juve, Juve being the big, the big team in Italy. Um, but they're going to be a force. You know, it's not going to be a pushover. You um, I think uh, going to Rome. Is, is it the Stadio dell'Alpi? I'm not sure. But, uh, no, that's, that's Juve, isn't it? They're in the, the Olympico Stadium, I think, aren't they, Roma? That's right. Of course they are. Yeah, yeah. yeah of course they are. Yes, Stadio dell'Alpi, Juve. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's not going to be uh, a, a pushover. And, and nor going to Athletico is going not going to be a pushover. A point at either of them places um, will, would be a great result, as far as I'm concerned. You've got to expect to beat um, Korobag in, uh, in both home and away. Uh, they're going to be the whipping boys. Any team falling short in that department is going to find himself really up against it and might need himself trying to get an away win. And we would be expected, or we're expecting, if we look at a qualifier, well, I'm certainly hoping that we are, and I'm sure the expectancy is that we do come out of this group. We win both the home games against uh, the other two. If we do that, we're looking mm. at a point away from A, and, you know, we should win the group. Um, but that's what that's the way we'd like to see it. Um the reality is, of course, uh, very different. What what should happen is we should win the three home games. Uh, gives us nine points. That should realistically look to qualify. And uh, anything we can pick up away um, is just a bonus. But if, if Korobag turn out to be total whipping boys, then it's going to be uh, four points for everyone from... Uh, however many points, it's going to be six points from um, the games against them, uh, against Korobag for everyone. And it's going to be a tie-up between the other three. So... Yeah, it, it, it's pretty tough. I think one one team's a gimmick. You say it's uh, hard. If Chelsea can't beat Corp, they don't even think about winning the Champions League. Um, and, you know, the other two are quite worthy um, quarter-finalists uh, in, in, any, in any competition. So uh, it, it's going to be quite tough. Hmm. I think I think the, somebody we, we, we talked about this on the show on, uh, on the Fancast on Monday, actually, and, and one of the lads made a very good point, which is when you've got a group with three fairly strong teams and one, you know, on paper very very weak team. It can 
often be very, very tight. And actually, I mean, this this is kind of what happened to us um, the year after we won it, uh, you know, where we actually, I think we went out, um, we were the team that scored the highest amount of points in the group stages to go out of the competition at that stage. And it's largely because there was a whipping boy and three good teams. So it might end up being quite tight. So I think I think you're right. I think you've got to win your home games. That's a given. But if we can pick points uh, points up away at, at Atletico and Roma, that should see us through. And, and frankly, Kerry, you're right. You know, if you want to win the Champions League, you've got to beat what's put in front of you. And if you get a tough group, you get a tough group. There's no point crying about it. Um, but personally, I think I think we'll be all right, and I think that I think that uh, I, you know I think that we should we should be getting to the quarterfinals at least, and then again, to be honest, as we all know as Chelsea supporters, it's, it's basically a lot of luck in the European Cup. You know, it, it does take a bit of luck to win it, so anything can happen after that. Yeah, of course it can. Uh, I, I think you're definitely looking to come out of this group, that's for sure. Um, I talk about crook, it doesn't matter if we pick up a point here, point there, if we win three away games, it doesn't matter. We've we've got to win three um, to be coming out of the group. Um, we've got to win three of the games and if two of them against Corabag and we beat one other, um, it, it'll be, you know, I think you can come out of this group but I, I have a nagging doubt. I, I'm thinking about you might need 10 points to come out of it if indeed what you say yeah. is correct and uh, every, everyone beats Corabag home and away then, you know, you might do look at 10 points, you know, to come out of it. That's, uh, as you've said, it's a uh, it's a tough. It's a tough one. If you get that amount of points in Europe, um, and, and you don't manage to get through, but we've seen it before. We have indeed. Well, I mean, bottom line is it all kicks off uh, next Tuesday, the twelfth. Uh, I shall be there. Are you, are you popping along for that one, Kerry? Yes, I'll be there. Um, hopefully, um, doing my hospitality piece and you know, cheering the boys on during the game. Um, but I have to say, I fully expect three points, and it. It doesn't yeah. matter. They shouldn't be taking anyone by surprise. There can't be any excuses. We can't afford to drop any any sort of points in this game. And uh, I've got to be honest. I'm hoping that the other games are draw, so they both drop two white whites in the start. Yeah, that'd be great, wouldn't it? Well, I, I can't wait. I mean, it, it, to to be honest, I mean, you know, if, if particularly if you're a supporter of my generation, uh, you know, being in Europe and playing in the European Cup is uh, is really what it's all about. And uh, I still get excited even today. So uh, that all kicks off on Tuesday. We'll both be there, which uh, is, is, is going to be great fun. Now, uh, before that, of course, we've got um, we've got Leicester coming up on Saturday, um, which is, you know, as, as the way, way it always is, isn't it? You know, you, you kind of get these fixtures thrown up after, you know, we, we've just signed Danny Drinkwater, who's one of their uh, key players to join another of their key players, N'Golo Kante. Um, but the first question, really, I think, Kerry, is do you expect any of our new signings to start? I mean, obviously, Morata will start. Uh, Rudiger may well keep his place. But, I mean, I'll be honest with you, I, I don't see Zappacosta or, or Drinkwater starting, to be honest, because I think they're more backup. But you never know, do you? Well, the, the obvious situation is who's played what in uh, international games as well. How, who's been travelling, where in the world, and you know what sort of condition they're in. Um, that's going to be taken into account. Um, so, you know, talk about people starting. It's a difficult away game. It's one of them away games that, you know, you know Leicester are going to raise their game. They've still got the Mares, the Bardis, and they've still, they've still got a solid defensive view. You know, it's not an easy place to go. When they're on the song and they're up for it, they'll make it hard for people. And, um, I don't know. I don't have a good long look at your squad. Um, who travel where, what sort of condition they're in, what, what his gut feeling is. 
and basically do what he gets paid for, be a manager. Um, put out the team that he thinks will win the game um, at Leicester. And if it does include one or two of his new signings and because he feels they're better prepared than perhaps some of the lads who've travelled all over the world, and um, so be it. Um, it's going to be every, every team and every manager who's successful and indeed in Europe, um, you know, and who's got into international players that are going to have to take this into account when you're travelling all over the world for difficult games and which players can handle it better and, and some will handle it better than others. I think that's a that's a really good point, actually, one that I hadn't considered. And I, I think I was kind of looking at it, you know, one player who who I, I I'm sure will be very keen to start, and I, you know, is without doubt a shoe in for Chelsea is Morata, uh, because he's followed up his two goals for Chelsea with another three for Spain in the in the two matches. I mean, I, I know one of them was against Liechtenstein, which is. Uh, you know the equivalent of playing a pub team, probably. But you know, I don't need to, to, to. I don't need to tell you, mate. You know, as a striker, you know, when you when you when you're in a hot run of form, you just want to play, don't you? I'm just going to say I played against Liechtenstein on a Sunday morning, but no, I can't say that. Um, <laughs> it was a. It, no, I mean you, you're a striker, you're in form, and you score goals. You just can't wait for the next game, and uh, I'm sure he's going to be desperate to be selected. He, you just don't know what Conte will do. I mean, last year he's, no. he left the team. He left the team steady for a long period of time, and then he made some strange changes. I think he, he left out Hazard and Costa for one home game because of the situation when they had been slightly off, and you know the team done quite well. I think it was one of the first introductions of Batshuayi, but um, I don't know. I, I'm not going to try and predict him. I'm not going to try and double guess what what he might do. And um, I, I know what at the moment I think is possible our best side, and that would include Morata. Um, it's arguable as to where where people go in the midfield. Now he's changed that. He's, he's brought one or two more problems for himself, and you know one of the people are going to be disgruntled in the next few weeks if certain if certain players start getting more game time than perhaps others. But uh, um, no, just wait and see. Everyone's got to have their best team at the moment. And, you know, the trouble is we, we're not even going to know the best team because we haven't even seen half the players playing in it so far. So we don't really know. Um, I, I'm, I'm not even going to try and guess it. Um, I just hope whatever team, whatever team um, Chelsea puts out, and this is what Conte will be doing, will be the best prepared possible team that he can put out um, with the best prepared possible bench that he can put out to win the game. Well, uh, yeah, in- indeed. I think I think the interesting thing is, of course, uh, is that unlike last season, of course, we've got you know more competitions to play. We've got we've got seven games coming up this month: Premier League, Champions League, and the and the League Cup. So, I, I see what you're saying. You know, I, knowing Conte, you suspect that he might want to put out his first eleven for all of them, but I think he's not going to be able to. So, anybody who isn't per se in his first eleven, they're going to get games this month because we've got a lot of them coming up. So. Maybe they won't, might not be as disgruntled as they would have been last season. Um, of course, the, the other thing that's on, on the top of my mind for this game, Kerry, is whether we might see the return of Eden Hazard because obviously he got he got a run out in both the games against Belgium. I mean, I'll be I'll be honest with you, I was a bit bit annoyed that uh, Martinez called him up, but uh, now he's actually had a bit of a run out and maybe getting nearer to match fitness. Maybe maybe Martinez might have done us a favour. But do you think you'll do you think he'll be playing on Saturday? I think there's a certainty that the line come through okay, and it does appear that way. And I agree with the second part of what you just said. I think that uh, it might have done us a favour. If he's got close to playing um, and he needed some games, well, you know, if people have been off the amount of time he has, uh, why not get rusty with Belgium? You know, um, get rid of it all. 
uh, and come back fresh with us. I think uh, I think he might have done us a favour by um, picking Hazard. Certainly, I mean Belgium. He's done well for them. I think they're the first team to qualify. Um, so obviously they've achieved their purpose, and uh, great to see him back. And uh, hopefully he will be playing because, as I've said before, uh, it's hard for everyone to say who's our best player. But I think he's the nearest thing to world class that we have at the club. Uh, Costa, you know, Courtois. You can maybe one or two others. People might say Canty. People might start to say different uh, certain other people, but. I think the nearest thing to a game changer for me is, is Eden Hazard, and uh, he's the one that can make the difference for us. And uh, you know, if he's fit um, and everything's well, he's, he's, he would be probably the first name on the sheet every week for me. Yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't argue with any of that. I, I, I think without doubt, he's our uh, our best player, and and I would agree. He, he's certainly the, the arguably the only one who's genuinely world class. Uh, and I can't wait to see him back in that blue shirt, not least because I can't wait to see how he links up with Morata because I've got a suspicion that uh, Morata will, will like uh, will like uh, a player like Eden Hazard uh, threading balls through to him, which he can you know turn on the, the shoulder of the defender and slot home. Yeah, I don't doubt that at all. I think every striker would like an Eden Hazard. You know, I was lucky enough to have a Pat Nevin and, and uh, you know, people like... Um, have been lucky enough to have these uh, mercurial type players. Um, you know, be grateful for what you've got while it's there. And um, you know, Eden Hazard must be a striker's dream. I know sometimes he overdoes things or he appears to, but he draws people out. He makes centre half moves if, they're, if you're being tightly marked in the game by beating players. The centre halves have to move. You know, he gives you opportunity, and if you can find space, uh, he'll find you with a pass as well. So, you know, yeah, he is a dream, and great to see him back. And I hope what you're saying about Morata uh, is correct. Mm. Well, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned uh, we Pat a minute ago, because uh, of course it's the great man's birthday today. So we, we should wish him a very happy birthday, shouldn't we? <laughs> yeah, quite quite right. Happy birthday, Pat. Um, whether you listen or not, uh, uh, I mean, it's wonderful to play with you. Um, <laughs> Uh, just make sure anyone doesn't take that the wrong way but uh, on the football pitch it was absolutely magnificent um, yeah that's what I thought just what I said it, it didn't sound quite right um, but nevertheless uh, where you was mercurial on the football field Pat and uh, created lots of goals for me and uh, wish you all the best I'm not quite sure how old he is by the way Dave um, well don't you mid-50s be a guess, we reckon I'll, I'll give we? Well, well I'm 50, 50 Maybe a year younger than two years younger than me. I'm not quite sure, yeah, but yeah. certainly over fifty anyway. Yeah, bless him. I've got to say, Kerry. I mean, you know, it was always a very close toss-up uh, between those uh, between you and and Pat in the in the 80s when I followed you guys as to who was who was my biggest hero. I won't reveal who it was because that would be unfair. As I've got you on the yeah. line, but I, I, I love Pat. <laughs> Pat. Pat was a superb player. But the other thing about Pat. Uh, you know, which I, I remember hugely from those days, is that he had a a taste in music which, which was very similar to my own, and he was one of the only footballers who, who did. So I loved him for that as well. But I mean, how good was Pat actually? Because I think it's you know a lot of time has passed under the bridge, and he wasn't really at Chelsea for a hugely long period of time. I mean, I was lucky enough to see him play there, but uh, for people who didn't, um, how good was he? Yeah, for five years, um, I think Pat was there. Um, yeah. And how good was he? He was a Scottish. He became a Scottish international um, while he was there. Um, represented his country, which is as much as you can do. Played well for his country. It was great 
was uh, for me and, and great for Speedy. Um, I mean, the three of us were all different types of players. We all had certain attributes, and the combination of each attribute combined in the team, it it, it sort of went well together, and uh, it, it had pretty much everything in, in certain departments. And you know, Pat had the, the skill de facto. Um, Speedo had skill. I probably that was probably the least of mine. Um, Department, but you know Pat was fantastic on the ball. He could beat a player very much like Eden Hazard. Yeah. Uh, Pat might argue he's quick. Pat might argue he's quicker. Yeah. Eden Hazard might argue he's quicker. I'm not quite sure, but they both had a low centre of gravity. They could both go either way. And I mean, Pat absolutely bamboozled Newcastle defenders one time. <laughs> I think it was a total yeah. Mickey takedown one time. We beat them four 0 and I think Pat was just enjoying beating any Newcastle player that come near him. He eventually did cross it. I'm not sure whether he scored or not, but the crowd were too busy applauding the the fact that he's beaten players for fun, and, and they come to see that, and many people still remember that. But great player, um, unassuming lad, poor taste in music. So if you've got a similar taste, you'd be one of the you'd be one of the well, ten. You'd be one of the ten at a concert that Pat used to go to, but yeah. nevertheless, Gee, thanks, uh, everyone's, got, everyone's got their niche in life, Dave, and uh, good luck to you and Pat in that one. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. I think the other thing we should say, just just to pick up on that Newcastle match, I mean, it, it's kind of gone down in, in Chelsea myth. So now the story goes that, you know, there was one move where Pat pretty much beat the entire Newcastle team and then went back again just to beat them again. It was that good. So there we go. Um, but he was oh, also he's also a lovely... You are. In another ten years, in another ten years, he'd probably beat the bench as well. So, <laughs> brilliant. I mean, apart from everything else, Kerry, he's an absolutely lovely bloke. I, I've had the privilege to meet Pat a few times, and he's an absolute smasher. Right, we should kind of wrap the show up. Really, um, we we need to nail our colours to the mast. Uh, you know, regarding the Leicester game. I mean, how do you think it's going to go, mate? Yeah, tough game. But uh, we talked about um, a hard place to go. But two uh, one us. Hmm. Got to be honest, mate. I'm I'm inclined to agree with that. I, I think it is going to be quite a tough game, actually. I think it, I think it might be quite a gritty affair for some reason. Um. So I'm I'm kind of thinking it'll be two one as well. So we're we're actually in in entire agreement for once on the old prediction. And just to look back on the, the Leicester game, if anything, it was uh, fond memories for Antonio Conte because this is where he started his uh, run last season that uh, effectively. Um, made us champions. Uh, he found the three at the back situation and uh, he looked back tips. That's very, very true. That was in the League Cup, wasn't it? The 4 2, wasn't it? That's correct, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, hopefully, he, uh, those warm memories will be uh, uh, continued when we play them on Saturday. I can't wait for that, as always. Um, we, uh, Kerry and I, will be back uh, next week to have a look back at it and then look forward to the, the next game, which I think is Arsenal, if my memory serves me correct. That should be a cracker and something to look forward to. And, of course, don't forget to uh, to check out ChelseaFan12.com, our erstwhile partners in crime on this show. Kerry, as always, it's been great fun talking to you, mate. Have a cracking weekend. Enjoy the Leicester and the Carabag games, and uh, we'll catch up again next week. Thanks very much, Dave. And, uh, enjoy them all yourself. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. 
Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.